Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraketo.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hey, it's Marcel here, and thank you so much for tuning into the Agency Profit Podcast. In this solo cast episode, I'm going to walk you through what I've learned from helping dozens of agencies install time tracking in their business and how to make it work for you. Now, the reason this is so important is because I see a lot of agencies either tracking time and really struggling with it or not doing it at all because they don't think it's worth the investment and the pain of getting this process in place and asking their team to do it. And they think it's going to be this very, very burdensome thing. And I'm here to tell you that there are ways to do it that are a not going to be asking your team to fill in timesheets. So we'll talk about that later on in the video. And number two, there are ways to make it easy. There are ways to make it useful, to make it timely, and to make it something that is going to actually help you improve the profitability of your business. And in my experience, tracking time can be one of the most important things that you can do to give you the data that you need to make informed decisions to improve your efficiency. So the challenge that I see a lot around this is you know, agencies are struggling to get their team compliant. They're struggling to get the right data structures. They're spending way too much time having to clean up their data in spreadsheets or pulling multiple reports to answer their questions. And because of that, they end up not utilizing the data. They end up, you know, kind of letting it be stale. And then this whole exercise of tracking time kinds of ends up being for nothing. So what I'm going to share with you today is the framework necessary to get the correct structure in your data so that you can quickly and easily pull reports and answer the questions that you need to answer and then how to set it up in such a way that it's going to work for your business model. It's going to work for your team. You're going to have high compliance and the team is going to be bought into the process and they're going to understand how it benefits them. So with that, let's jump right into the framework. Number one, the first and most important thing that you have to identify when installing time tracking in your business is your purpose. What, what is the purpose of tracking time? You need to be clear on that because it's going to help you define, number one, how we should be structuring it, what kind of system we should be using, and number two, how you explain it to the team and get them bought in. And I want to give you a little spoiler. If your purpose behind the time tracking data is keeping track of how much time your team is working and if they're working hard enough, um, or if you just want to hold them to some arbitrary utilization rate, that's probably not the right reason to track time. Um, 
really most of the time people believe that the only reason that you should be tracking time is to build a client. And the truth is really the, the only reason I could see to be tracking time in the agency uh, from my experience in 2020 is to make your business more efficient. And I think this is a common misconception about time tracking. It is the most valuable set of data when it comes to helping you make your business more efficient and more profitable and helping you protect your team's time and make sure that you give them a better work-life balance it contributes to that tremendously that should generally be the reason behind how you track time and why you track time so that's the first thing is really get clear on what's your purpose and more importantly what questions do you want to be able to answer with your data? If you can get clear about that, then that's going to really help us define the next couple of steps in this framework. Number two is all about structure. How do you structure your data? And the first thing is to think about your estimates and how your data maps to the estimates. And this is the first place that I see this breakdown all the time is we estimate in one way and then our time tracking data is completely different. And most of the time, that's because our project management philosophy differs from our estimation framework. And that's totally fine. It's totally normal. And in a lot of cases, it probably makes perfect sense, right? The way that you want to manage projects is going to be different, and that's all good. But the challenge is when we have a time tracking tool that's integrated into that project management suite. And so our time tracking data takes on the project management structure. And then we end up in situations where, you know, maybe we can map the project and the client you know, maybe the phase. But then when we start to get down into the nitty gritty of it, we're having trouble reconciling here. Like maybe we're estimating based on roles, right? And we're saying this is how many design hours we need, developer hours we need. But then when we get into the time tracking tool, we're tracking time against tasks. And those tasks don't map cleanly back to a role. And that's where we end up with problems. So the first thing to really figure out here is what is the correct structure based on what our estimates look like? And then how can we decouple our time tracking data from our project management solution if that's creating issues and make sure that we define that same structure in the time tracking tool. And so this might mean um, reevaluating the tagging system or the way that things are mapped out in the project management tool. Most of the time, the easiest solution is actually just to use a separate time tracking tool that is outside of the project management suite so that you can define that structure independently. And that allows the project management team and the operations team to not have to make compromises to meet each other's needs. They can just kind of do their thing. The team can still track their time and everybody gets what they need. So that's the first thing to watch out for. The second thing to think about here is also the level of granularity that is going to be appropriate for your business, right? So the, the question to ask yourself here is when things don't go as planned, how do you think about investigating why, right? And I want you to think about how you can reverse engineer your thought process around this. Are you asking questions about the process or ask, are you asking questions about the people, Right. So an example of this would be, are you asking questions like, you know, what task took longer than we expected or what phase did this start to break down in? Or are you thinking more in terms of like what area, like did we spend more time on design than we needed to development? Uh, who specifically spent more time than they needed to start to reverse engineer your thought process? How do you investigate this? That's going to help you kind of locate where you should sit on the complexity graph. Right. So you want to think about this complexity in terms of a graph that has two axes. The first is process insight. The second is people insight. So as you go up the graph on process insight, this might be things like, you know, the level one is for the whole project. How much time did it take us for the whole project? Level two might be how much pro uh, how much did it take us for each phase? Right. Number three might be for each deliverable. Number four might be for 
every task within the deliverable. So as we go up in terms of the level of insight we can get into process, the complexity, of course, goes up. That's the one thing to note. Same thing with people, right? We might just not really care about who was doing the work. We just care about how much time it took us overall. And then as we go a level deeper, maybe it's by role. And then as we go a level deeper, maybe it's by seniority within role. And then if we go a little a level deeper, it's by person, right? And so really where you fall on this graph is going to come down to your thought process on how you investigate things that go awry and really your business model. What type of work are you doing? Is it project-based? Is it time and materials? Is it recurring? Is it one time? Right. What is the mix of work? What is the mix of different billing structures that you have? How do you think about, you know, pricing and scoping projects? Are you looking at people's seniority levels? What's the cost basis? Those are all the considerations that you're going to have. But ultimately, as you kind of think, think through this, you should be able to find a place on this graph where you can identify the correct level of complexity necessary in your time tracking data to help you answer those important questions that surface when there is a gap between your expectations and reality. And that is a very, very key step. And what you want to pay attention to here is not making this more complicated than it needs to be, because the more complexity you add, the more expensive and burdensome it becomes for your team to maintain the integrity of your time tracking data. And if you don't have enough insight, then you often will find yourself in a position where you can't answer an important question that you need to be able to answer in order to effectively identify you know, gaps in your process, in your business, and really um, measure areas of risk in your operational model. So something to think about. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you might want to go check out the YouTube video because I've got some useful drawings uh, that you can refer to on there. Um, so once you've defined the level of granularity, then you're probably in a good place to start to think about what is the appropriate methodology that we can use to track our time. And the common misconception around this is that timesheets are the only way to track time. And that's just not true. There are um, companies like Media Monks, for example, that have scaled really, really big, and they don't use timesheets. They actually use a resource plan based approach to time tracking. And it's because their operational model um, suits it. They're often working um, large teams of people on uh, just a handful of projects at a time. And so it's much easier for them to run that. And really the difference is we have a centralized model versus a distributed model. So timesheets is more of a distributed model. We're distributing the responsibility of tracking time to our entire workforce. And we're saying, hey, everybody, let us know what you're working on and you know, get us that at the end of every day or the end of every week and so on. And here's a tool that you can use to give us that information. And so if you have a really high level of granularity that's needed in your time tracking, that's probably gonna be the way to go. You know, If you need to know how much time they spent on every single task, it's gonna be really hard to do that in a centralized way. So you're probably gonna have to do that in a distributed way. However, if you have the resources in your operational team, so some good project management, some good operations people, and they can dedicate the time to it, and if your level of granularity is lower, then it might make sense for you to evaluate a centralized model where you're using a resource plan as the centralized uh, area for time tracking. And basically what you're doing in this case is through you know status or some kind of communication or meetings, um, the project management team or the operations team is going to go out and say, what's everyone working on? What clients or projects are they working on? And really ask the question of like, has anything changed? Or has anyone moved around? Has anyone spent significantly more time on something than they expected to? And then they'll use the resource plan to create kind of the record of truth in terms of where time was spent and how much. Now, 
either one of these models I think can work really, really well. It's just going to come down to a bunch of factors, what type of work you do, what level of complexity you have in your business, and ultimately what's going to work best for your team. And at the end of the day, I think the thing that's important about this is understanding that neither one of these models, right, is going to be perfect. Okay. In both of these models, you're going to have some level of inaccuracy to your time tracking data. But that doesn't make it invalid. If you have 60, 70, 80% valid time tracking data, it's directionally accurate and it's significantly better than having none. And it's still going to help you get some insights into where the gaps and the patterns are in your delivery system. So that's step number three is clearly to find the method that you're going to use. And again, it's probably contingent on what you've identified in step two in terms of what level of detail and granularity you need in your data. Step four is to encourage compliance. Compliance is going to be super, super critical. Um, you want to make sure that your team understands a couple of things. Number one, why this is important, right? Number two, how the data is being used and number three how they are contributing to the success of the business and to the success of themselves by being compliant on time tracking what we want to make sure is that if your team works 40 hours a week you're capturing as much of those 40 hours a week as possible including the non-billable stuff and the way that we get there is number one we explain to them the purpose of the time tracking system right the purpose of this time tracking system is to help the business become more profitable help us get better at estimation so that how it's going to benefit them, right? So that we can pay you better, so that we can put kombucha taps in the office, so that we can get you a new laptop every two years, so that we can pay better bonuses, so that we can get better at scoping, so that, um, you know, every Friday we don't find out that, you know, it's going to take us twice as long to hit this deadline as we thought and you end up working evenings and weekends, right? These are all the tangible reasons that they can associate to on how them contributing to this time tracking system is actually going to benefit them in the end. And then finally, making sure that they understand, you know, how to effectively contribute to that, making it super easy for them to do what they need to do to be compliant and to get you the data that you need. If you're asking them to fill out timesheets, maybe it's giving them a really great system to do that with that has a nice UI and that isn't a pain in the ass to use. And if you're using a centralized model, it's making it really easy for them to communicate with whoever their project manager is or whoever their point of contact is um, on you know, how and when things might be changing to keep all that information up to date. So those are kind of the core tenants. And the last thing that I'll say around compliance is the best way to kill compliance is to start weaponizing your time tracking data. So if you start grilling people about, you know, not working enough, taking too much vacation, if you start just trying to hold them accountable to arbitrary utilization targets, then they're going to start putting false information into the time tracking tool. They're going to start falsifying your data and that defeats the entire purpose of this exercise. So I cannot stress enough, stay away from weaponizing this data, stay away from using it to try and discipline people or figure out if they're good workers or hard workers people shouldn't be punished for being efficient at what they do as long as the quality of their work is is good and as long as they're hitting their deadlines and you know all of that then they should really be encouraged to be as truthful as possible in their time tracking data and the only way that we're going to get them to be truthful is if we don't punish them for telling us the truth right so keep that in mind around compliance so finally the myth I want to bust around time tracking, I hear this all the time. We don't build for time, so we don't need to track time. And I can't tell you how wrong that is. Not tracking time as an agency is the same as not tracking your food costs at a restaurant. Now, you might run a high-end 
agency, just like a high-end restaurant. You might be able to charge a lot of money for your services, much higher than your cost basis. And that's great. However, your direct labor cost is going to be 40 to 65% of your PL. And so if there isn't some form of time tracking going on in your agency, I see that as being fairly irresponsible because your time tracking data is going to be the most valuable set of data, one of the most valuable resources that you can collect for yourself and for your team to help you become more efficient, more scalable, more predictable, and ultimately prevent these circumstances where you're asking your team to work overtime to hit deadlines. You're asking you know, your team to subsidize poor management or poor scoping of a project. Your data in this scenario is going to be the bedrock of improving your processes and getting to a place where you can avoid those situations as much as possible and ultimately improve the profitability of your business so that you can reinvest in your people, in your team, in your company, and also compensate yourself for the risk that you're taking. So that's my two cents. I think every agency should be tracking time in some way, and it's not to build a client. It's really just so that they have some objective visibility into the efficiency of their business, and they're measuring their most important and highest cost basis, which is their team and their direct labor. So with that, to recap the four steps to making time tracking work, number one, clearly define your purpose, why you're doing it, what questions you need to answer. Number two, find the appropriate structure that maps back to your estimates and that has the appropriate level of complexity to help you answer those questions. Number three, find the correct methodology that is going to work for your team. And number four, make sure that you get your team bought into this process so that they can remain compliant and give you what you need and contribute to the integrity of your data set. And if you do all those things correctly, I think you'll find that time tracking will work well for you and will start to actually add a ton of value to your business. So with all of that, I hope this video finds you extremely well. I'd love to hear what you think. Leave me a comment down below wherever you're listening to this or watching this. Let me know if you agree, if you disagree, if you're tracking time, if you have questions, if you're struggling with any of this, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're looking for other great resources to help you run a more profitable agency, then check out our profitability toolkit, which is loaded with free templates, spreadsheets, cheat sheets that we've used with our consulting clients to help them improve their profitability. And of course, check out our free tool, Parakeeto Estimate by Parakeeto, uh, which will help you generate accurate data-driven estimates based on your historical data and then structure them in such a way that it's easy to map your time tracking data to them. You can try that out for free at our website. So with all of that, thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. We'll talk. Well, that's all for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you want to make sure to be kept up to date when we release a new show. And of course, check out Parakeeto.com if you want to dive deeper into our library of resources to improve your profitability, including our free agency profitability toolkit. And of course, if you got some value from today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from hearing it, be sure to share it with them or leave us a review. All of those things help us impact more agency owners. So with that, thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon.